0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 6, and also Matthew chapter 2, verse 23. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down, and, and we thought his tru- his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed our sins. He was beaten so he could be whole. He was whipped so he could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have, we have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Then Joseph went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets, and that the child would be called a Nazarene.
1: For so many of us, our temptation is to overestimate ourselves. For others, the temptation is to underestimate, to not see ourselves rightly, to either think that we're above all that or not worthy. Either way, Christmas invites us to see ourselves rightly, as loved and accepted by God. A pastoral colleague was having a conversation with a guy who was pretty bent out of shape about his, shall we say, lack of success in the dating world. As the conversation went on, it became quickly apparent that for this young man, one of the issues was he was really focused on the physical attractiveness of uh, particular uh, dating interests. And with apologies for the misogyny that is just going to be part of this story, as the conversation went on, the the pastor attempted a couple ways to sort of get underneath, like, what's what's going on? Why is this the central thing? And finally, in a moment of frustration, uh, the pastor just kind of lost it. And just like, look, Why are you so focused on finding a woman who's a 10? Dude, you're like a five or a six on a good day. I'm not sure how the rest of the conversation went and I'm not sure it was really all that helpful, but it it illustrates the way that we can elevate ourselves above what a reality check might invite us to do. And for all of us, some of the time, and some of us, a lot of the time, the temptation is the opposite, that we fail to see the ways that we have gifts to give, that our ability to encourage, our creativity, our kindness, our thoughtfulness, our ability to go with the flow, our ability to arrange the facts, our just ability to set people at ease, all those things and many, many more are gifts to the world that we so often take too little notice of. But again, Christmas invites us to see Jesus and in seeing Jesus, seeing God, and in seeing God, to see ourselves rightly. Our text that we're working with from the Gospel of Matthew it is pretty curious. It's a little odd. It goes by really fast, I think, because we're all stunned reading about the boys in Bethlehem and that whole tragedy. And, you know, let's have a conversation about that. That's not an easy text. But these words about, you know, Joseph goes to Nazareth, and so Jesus will be, you know, the child will be known as a Nazarene. This text is a little odd. And this text is odd most of all because there's actually not a single verse in the Old Testament that says anything about the Messiah being a Nazarene. In fact, the Old Testament Hebrew Bible has absolutely nothing about the town of Nazareth in it. Nazareth didn't exist until close to the first century. It was a little tiny hamlet that literally was not even on the map. Not only is Nazareth not even a place during the Old Testament when the prophets are writing about the coming of Israel's Messiah, God's chosen, there aren't even any texts that talk about being this word Nazarene. There are some texts that talk about being Nazarites, which is based on a different Hebrew word. The problem with seeing that as a prophecy about Jesus being a Nazarite is, Nazarites never drank alcohol, they didn't eat a whole lot, and Jesus was known for partying. In fact, he was accused of being a wine bibber and a glutton, because he enjoyed spending time with people that much. There's also a a theory that this has to do with a Hebrew word that sort of sounds like this, but the problem is there's several uh, just complications with spelling, and it doesn't really hold water. So what are we to do with this odd little verse about the child growing up to be known as a Nazarene? Well, to draw on an old interpretation, going all the way back to the Church Fathers, Christians throughout the centuries have noticed that there's not just one prophet here. Matthew says that the prophets, plural, say, not a specific reference. It's multiple prophets who who say this and the mere fact that Nazareth became a byword for Hicksville, Nowheresville, a place that nothing good could come from, that what the prophets do say about the Messiah <laughs> was very much often overlooked until the Messiah actually came. What the prophets do say about the Messiah, this one who will rescue Israel, the one who rightfully has all power and glory, the one who is God's anointed servant. What the prophets do say again and again about this coming servant, the Messiah, is that he would be unrecognized. He'd be actually be, in many ways, under the radar. He would be considered low, In fact, many will miss that he ever came at all. He'll be known as a Nazarene. He'll be known as somebody who really just doesn't have it. Doesn't have what we're looking for anyway. And friends, this is is good news. If we will let it be good news that at Christmas, God himself is born into the world as someone who really under ordinary circumstances we would take no account of. And for all of us who either rate ourselves too highly or put ourselves down, to have God come into our world at our level is good news. We're so prone to thinking we're going to encounter God when everything goes well and it's really aesthetic and you know the production values are there and everything is arranged well and the amazing charismatic speaker which isn't me is speaking and you know that's when we're going to encounter god right the music is fantastic and the tune is great and it's lyrics that i resonate with you know or the sunset is perfect and you know and all those things can be true all those things we can enjoy but a rainy day in a random neighborhood on Finn Hill is just as good a place to meet God precisely because he comes to us where we are as we are. No pretense though he could have some he comes to us to be with us to show us his delight and extend his welcome. And that's the good news of Christmas. These prophecies of the coming Messiah being humble are spread throughout the Hebrew scriptures. So you can go to multiple chapters of the prophet Zechariah, especially chapters 9 through 14, and see this in any number of ways. That the king that's coming will be humble. There's all kinds of references in other prophets, Malachi, certainly Hosea in his story of pursuing a woman who's unfaithful to him. That's humbleness and devoted, loyal love that's taken no account of of, by the one who is loved. Any number of prophets, but especially here in Isaiah chapters 40 through 66, Are filled with prophecies of the Messiah as being one who's a servant of being a branch that grows up out of dry ground of being a stump that's ignored but then finally shoots up into life and here in Isaiah 52 and our text in 53 where this servant who is to come is completely ignored and even despised and rejected by us. And so if we come into this Christmas overestimating ourselves, look to Jesus, see how much he deserved to be respected and how little he demanded it, and let that vision of Jesus change you. And if your temptation is to think too little of yourself, See the links to which God was willing to go to come into this world to be with you because he loves you. You are of inestimable worth to him. Hear that, not just with your mind, but with your heart this Christmas time. As Pastor Tim Keller has put it, the the invitation to us is not to think more of ourselves and certainly not to think less of ourselves. The task, the invitation is to think of ourselves less, to think of Jesus more, to look to Jesus more, to let his, his beauty, his worth, his loyal love, captivate us and to find our rightful place with him friends this season when we are surrounded by reminders of what God has done at Christmas let's do that look to him and be changed amen